comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello! Out Now is a film podcast as Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in a little discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. As always, this episode of Out Now is brought to you by the HHW LOD Podcast Network, and this is episode 51, where we'll be talking about Wrath of the Titans... Release, not the Kraken. And um, <laughs> yeah, joining us tonight, we have the managing editor for Film.com and co-host of the podcast, Brad and Laramie on Movies, and the man who will give us the over on Abe and the under on myself, Laramie Legal. Four and twelve. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice. Is that good? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. It's right. <laughs> a good, good over for mine. How are you doing tonight, or today? Tonight. I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing quite well. Glad to We're glad doing. to be bringing new guests onto the podcast. Always fun. Get, getting tired of that Jordan character, right, Abe? <laughs> okay, so let's see. A few announcements. Um, we st- <laughs> for whatever reason it took us fifty-one episodes, but we finally launched our own podcast tw- dedicated Twitter feed. So there, <laughs> Abe. What is We're tweeting now, folks? Yeah, tweet. Yeah, follow us or stuff. Abe, what what is that Twitter handle? Uh, it is out now underscore podcast. Yeah, so uh, we've already, you know, pe- people people seem to have been begging for it already since we have followers for that podcast handle. So that's good. <laughs> but yeah, we're officially announcing it now. Out now has its own pot, its own Twitter handle. Like Abe and I have had our own, but you know, we decided to make one dedicated to the show, so people can <laughs> can you know bag on us in 140 characters or less. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag we to get new forms of communication about hatred of uh, us. <laughs> The achievement of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Also, um, we're doing Wrath of the Titans this week, of course. And uh, we were last week, we released a Clash of the Titans commentary for the 1981 Clash of the Titans. If you have any desire to check out Clash of the Titans and, for some reason, listen to four of us talk about it, well, that's possible to do now. So it's out there. Go, you know. It's, some say you don't even need to list, watch the movie while listening to it. It's just as rambling about 1981 Clash of the Titans, but... <laughs> It's certainly a step up from our Ghost Rider commentary, so there you go. <laughs> our, much, our very popular Ghost Rider commentary. Nicholas Cage is so dreamy. Two more things. Um, one, as always, iTunes reviews and ratings. Happy to get those. Really nice. Helps the show out. Easy to do. Simple. Couple clicks in iTunes. iTunes reviews and ratings. Nice. I'll keep mentioning it, because why not? And um, lastly, we had a contest last week for our 50th episode Spectacular. Right, Abe? Spectacular indeed, man. Yeah. And um, it was a pretty simple contest. We just asked uh, people to send in a uh, a couple things. Um, the favorite movie that we reviewed on the show, th- their favorite movie that we've reviewed on the show. What we asked um, what our favorite movies were, and we asked what the most anticipated the huh? 
we asked what the most anticipated movies were for you this year, not including Dark Knight Rises. And uh, we got a, we got a few emails. We said we, we would reward the uh, three people that emailed in. The first entry would get the grand prize, which that person will get, and the other two would get some runner-up prizes. So I'll read the runner-ups right now. First up, we have uh, Tammy Klein, and uh, her most anticipated movie is The Avengers, and um, she loved our Muppets and Hugo episode. So uh, congratulations, Tammy. You've won a Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I guess oh, I can email you back, but you know, you know send uh, email us your address and we'll get, let's get something out to you. And of our other is Joe Jans. Joe Jans uh, emailed in his uh, favorite movie. We did a show. We did a show about uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, and he also really like really looking forward to the Avengers. So good on you guys. The uh, grand prize winner um, is drumroll, please. I'm glad there was a rim shot at the end of that. <laughs> uh, James Connor, you emailed in first, and not only did you email in, you gave us quite a nice email. We got a your your favorite movie that we reviewed was Drive. You uh, answered our questions, and your most anticipated movies. You sent us five. You sent you know, us a top five of these. Really made us go here. You got a Battleship, GI Joe, Retaliation, The Amazing Spider-Man, Prometheus, and The Avengers. So uh, I'm certainly looking forward to most of those movies. Um, but yeah. not only that, he sent us quite. He sent us a quite. He sent us first. He sent us a pretty complimentary email that that was really nice of him. But he also uh, asked us a question, which all three of us can uh, try to answer here. So let me, I'm going to read that question right now. Here we go. Let's see. Um, okay, here's his question. With the increase in young adult novels being adapted into profitable movies, I see this becoming the next trend. Studios will run into the ground. Are there any books? of that type that one time you would have liked to have seen, and do you think they could still work? Personally, I've always wanted the Ender's Game franchise to come to film, but now that it's finally in production, I don't see it being a $160 million blockbuster because it may be 10 years too late, and the tween audience might not be too familiar with the story. Um, I'd like to hear the show's opinion, and thanks for the entertainment. Awesome. So uh, thanks, James, for that question. And, you know, if anyone wants to, feel free to provide questions or any kind of feedback at a... Out now, podcast at gmail.com. You know, it's we we've never really gotten a question before that's, that's <laughs> suitable to answer on the show. So you know, I I look forward to doing this more. But it's mostly just hate mail. Yeah, pretty much. But um, guys, any answer to that question? I've got a phenomenal one. Yeah. Ender's Game. I would have echoed. Like I love Ender's Game. I love that whole series. I, like that'll be. I agree. That'll be doing great. But I would say the monster at the end of this book. Ooh. Old, right? How are they going to do that in a movie? <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I would be curious. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I'm like stirring my brain right now. It's like, how would that work? But the question that James brought up, um, and I would like to see Ender's Game. It is in production, but at the same time, I'm kind of a little bit unsure about what's going to happen with that production, too, because I, I like Ender's Game so much so that I don't really want to see Ender Wigan on the screen as... You know, somebody I, I didn't see in my head. I don't know if that really makes too much sense, but it's just I have him as, as a certain way in my head, and I like the, his voice in my head and everything like that. So to see him come alive, I think the the person who's going to play him is um, Hugo. Hugo, uh, Butterfield, yeah. Right, yeah, and it's I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe it would be fine, but I hope that that franchise doesn't go belly up because that book is really awesome. I, I really enjoy the book, and I don't really think that it's like a – a tween book at all um i think it's actually a little bit more just fiction fantasy um, it's certainly a sign it's assigned to schools to read are, is it really you know, it was like a when i was oh, it wow. was like a high school book for me when i like had to when i was 
it was on my like reading list when I was in high school to read of like one of my options. Really? The book I chose, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that because it's it's kind of violent. Yeah. So, um, so is the so yeah. is the Hunger Games. Yeah, and so is I guess All Quiet on the Western Front. But <laughs> I think that it is a genre that people are going to be looking to toward more, especially with like the Hunger Games coming out or like the Harry Potter series or anything else um, that's in a series. I think you skipped um, one. Let me. Hmm. Uh, is it is it Twilight? <laughs> I purposefully skipped that one, Aaron. <laughs> uh, but if it is the case, I think that that's okay. I, I don't think that it's going to be something that ever really goes out of style. I think people are always adapting books um, into movies anyway. Well, like but, popular uh, book uh, series like the like like that one or like a Hunger Games series, like yeah, or even like a Aragon or something like that. That that dragon guy, or How to Train Your Dragon. You know, people are always adapting books. It depends on how much they're willing to put into it, which is, I guess, what we talked about a couple of couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the Lorax, which is just, you know, if they put enough care and time into it to make it um, a full, rich feature, then it should turn out just fine. And I don't think it's really going to be quote unquote run into the ground per se. But that's just some opinions. You mentioned uh, the character not realizing what your image of him would be. That's kind of a you got to get over it on that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ender Wigan is exactly how I picture him in my head. You can't have any other voice for Ender Wigan, just like you can't have any other voice for Calvin, for Calvin and Hobbes, or Hobbes, for that matter. That said about um, Ender's Game, I guess, because I know, what's his name? Um, Laramie, you know who's directing the Ender's Game movie? It's uh, uh, Gavin, Gavin yeah. Hood. Gavin Hood. Yeah, who I like, actually. Yeah, I, like, I uh, think he'll, he did uh, Satsi and Wolverine, yeah, right? That's correct, yeah. And um, what's the other one? Ren, was it Rendition? Yeah, I think... I think he's got some some directorial skill. I don't think it's that difficult of a project to pull off either. Like I think actually Hunger Games would be more logistically difficult than Ender's Game because Ender's Game is set in just a couple of settings, right? I mean, it's not yeah. like they are CGI settings, but they're not uh, as difficult, I would say, like conceptually as Hunger Games, which is the whole arena. Um, mm -hmm. One young adult novel I would throw out, uh, it wasn't a series, it was just a standalone, but The Book Thief is really well done. I'd like to see that adapted into a film. People should read it, too. Why not? The Book Thief, yeah. I haven't heard of that one. It's a little, little holocausty, oh. but very good. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you know what they say. A little holocausty goes a long way. So. <laughs> I was still thinking about the monster at the end of this, but I was still racking my brain about that. See, now, I, now I'm thinking, well, if Jason Siegel and Nick Stoller like, decided to write a screenplay for it. <laughs> what about Everybody Poops? <laughs> that's, that's a... Uh, or all my friends are dead. <laughs> Here's a really weird one. I forget who was the guy who wrote all the sports books, but uh, the kid who only hit homers, I could see that as a totally weird horror adaptation. Because it, like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that a child would only hit home runs, you know? It would be some kind of, like, some freak. He's <laughs> like Sammy Sosa. In oh, Matt, like... Matt Christopher. Yeah. Um, and then what about, like, Dear Mr. Henshaw? Am I alone in that one? Only I read that? <laughs> I do the, I do. Fair enough. You guys aren't big on Beverly Cleary. I see. See what kind of show this is. <laughs> Bastards. I've um. I thought the Martian Chronicles actually the uh, Bradbury oh, series. Yeah. It seems like that's due. <laughs> that's due for Hollywood bastardization. <laughs> but uh, you know, back to Ender's Game. Um, I know Gavin Hood's doing it now. I remember Wolfgang Peterson was attached for like the longest time to do that one. That that I think that had me more intrigued about seeing an Ender's Game movie. But with that said, mm. knowing that an Ender's Game movie is finally in production, I, I'm more looking forward to that than not looking forward to that. I do like the story. I'd like to see what could come of it if it's in the right hands. 
isn't it? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but doesn't it? Isn't it considered kind of a religious book? Ender's Game. Yeah. Yes, you can like view it that way. I don't know if it's explicitly or something like. Like, are you saying that it's kind of like a Land of Witch and the Wardrobe kind of thing? Yeah, I thought it was more of a Christian focused book, and I didn't. I didn't think that when I read it, but someone told me, "Oh, yeah, that's a big Christian book." Really? Like, really? Oh, okay. So, I, yeah, I don't. I could be wrong. Sometimes I make stuff up. But... <laughs> when I read it, I didn't think that. Um, no, I don't know. I've never. I haven't heard it actually. I haven't heard it the same way. I've heard like obvious ones, like yeah, like the C.S. Lewis right. comparison or something like that. Hmm. But, yeah. Anyway, question, I think then. we've we we spent enough we spent enough time on this question completely unrelated to the show. So. Oh, we thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You, yeah, thanks, James, for, you know, doing the work for us, <laughs> for providing us with, with many to talk about. But yeah, James, you did, James Connor, you did win the grand prize, which I'll repeat now. It is a 3D Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter poster, along with a couple, uh, you know, a, a selection of DVDs and some Blu-rays, just because had them lying around, so why not? <laughs> so, and uh, and uh, also Tammy and Joe Johns, you, you know, we are... Uh, I uh, forget about you. You got to run... Yeah, you'll get a runner-up prize. I'll I'll find some scattered DVDs somewhere. He'll, he'll, be, he'll get some, some, some good. I got some in mind actually. I think I know exactly what I'll go for. So, but cool. All right. So, with that out of the way, let's move on to uh, know everybody. Where each week you we kind of ask each other a few questions and get to uh, set the tone for this podcast episode and get to know everybody. So um, I'll start. Yes. Abe, Sam Worthington shares a pretty similar look to Danny McBride in this film. <laughs> Should the two of them star in an action comedy together as brothers, or maybe in a Twins remake? Oh my god, Twins remake? I don't know about that. But that would be fantastic if they started like an action comedy together. Because there were some times when I thought that he had... As yeah, brothers. As brothers. <laughs> I, there were some times when I thought that he had a uh, Kenny Powers um, molly going on. But yeah, that would actually be really cool. Especially in the especially in the poster, the poster seems very apparent that it's like that they just look at Eastbound and Down. And be like, <laughs> I think that they'd have a really good time with it. <laughs> Laramie, if yes. you could hang out with a Greek god, who would you want to hang out yes. with? Uh, very easy answer, Aphrodite. <laughs> Bring it. Trying to put the moves on Aphrodite. <laughs> oh, she she'd be into it. I think yeah, you wouldn't really have to work for it with her. Like if it was like Artemis, she'd be. <laughs> There'd be there'd be way more like we gotta go get a you know we gotta go hunt something and <laughs> go kill something yeah and come back and if there was Athena I mean that's just a lot of head games. So. <laughs> Aaron, yes, if you were faced off against a rock lava monster, what techniques would you use to beat it? Well, I mean the the Medusa head thing seemed to work pretty well last time, and so I'm not <laughs> sure if they just like if it was like a like a vault somewhere they couldn't get to Medusa head in time or like <laughs> Perseus is like, well, clearly nothing else is going to happen. So I'll just get rid of this thing. Or I, That's yeah. the problem with Medusa heads. They're never there when you need them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a classic issue. <laughs> Medusa head. Where'd you go? So let's see. Rock lava monster. Fight a paper lava monster and a scissors lava monster. <laughs> paper covers lava rock monsters. So. Wait, <laughs> I've got it. Rock lobster versus rock monster. Oh, oh, there we go. But see, on. <laughs> now I need to get some B-52s going right now. <laughs> Rock lobster. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Larrabee. Ah. Sam Worthington has served as a perfunctory hero character for a few years now. Does he deserve that role? Or who else could be pulling it off better? I'm going to go with Jason Statham. Oh. I don't think he deserves that role. I don't think he's doing particularly well in that role. It's leaving me a little bit cold. 
So there's, yeah, there's a serious charisma problem that I've been finding with with Sam Worthington with him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's just I don't think he was the reason. You know, I didn't love it, but I think he didn't help. Yeah. And if you have the if you have the staff in there, then I'm always going back to snatch and lock stock, and I'm thinking this is good. Things are going well. Yes. Abe, if you had to pick a Rosamund Pike to hang out with for a day, would it be the one from Pride and Prejudice? Who's a little sickly, <laughs> or would it be the one from An Education, where it was a little thievy? Ooh, uh, let's go with. There's a, there's also there's also the Rosamund Pike from Die Another Day, where she's a little frosty. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm gonna go with the the thiefy because the sickly, you know, you can always work to get some extra cash, but. So you would prefer someone who steals as opposed to good-hearted? Yeah, you know, because sickly, you know, I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm going to sound like a bad guy now, which, you know, I am. <laughs> that was the goal. That was the goal all along. I, ju- I just need to add that I was going off my Die Another Day memory knowledge from, like, several years ago, thinking that Rosamund Pike's name was Frost. And I was correct. Her name was Miranda Frost in that movie. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> all right, Aaron. With yeah. Liam Neeson fending off wolves finding his daughter in France while defeating a gang of hooligans, and being a comedian with Ricky Gervais, what would you like to see him do next? I feel like he'd be a good time traveler. <laughs> Interesting. I, I feel like if Batman was, like, not necessarily, like, tried to time travel, but if he was thrown into a time-traveling situation, he'd, he'd, probably, he'd, probably, he'd probably work himself, he'd probably work himself <laughs> out. Probably wouldn't do too bad for himself. No, I, I think he'd pull it off. This summer, Liam Neeson is Ender. <laughs> <laughs> I may just be an 11-year-old boy, but <laughs> there's aliens out there. All right, so I think we've all adequately asked each other some questions. So that's going to bring us to the end of No, Everybody. And um, we'll move on now to our movie trailer talk. Yeah, we got a couple of the uh, newest movie trailers to talk about. One in particular that just came out literally hours ago, because what better day to release a trailer for a remake for a film than on April Fool's Day? So we have Total Recall, the uh, remake of the action classic um, Total Recall from 1990, Paul Verhoeven's directorial featuring former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, yeah, this version now stars Colin Farrell, uh, Kate Beckinsale, Jessica Biel, just a very, but a large, a large amount of attractive people <laughs> in a futuristic world where, of course, Colin Farrell, I guess, is a regular Joe who I guess discovers that he's actually a world class super spy in the future. And he'll probably need to get his ass or otherwise to Mars at some point. So, that said, uh, what did you guys think of this trailer? Laramie, what did you think of this trailer? You know, it was clean and crisp. Uh, Len Wiseman has a nice visual eye. I guess I was either concerned, happy, or sad about the camera work. And I haven't been able to figure out in my own head what I... Like, it was very busy and very video gamey. But maybe that's kind of the way Total Recall needs to go to be interesting this time. I can agree. I can agree with that more than and in um, "Live for Your Die Hard." I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, it looked better than I thought it would look, but I don't think it, it still doesn't look great. Abe? Yeah, I think that I'm gonna echo that sentiment, which is it looks better than I thought it would. Um, but there was that really cool camera angle where the guys are coming to sweep in after they, I guess, beat the hell out of John Cho. <laughs> and I, there are a lot of very hot-looking women in this movie i think there was like the shot of uh kate beckinsale's butt and i was like wow that looks really great and now i'm just being misogynistic all right uh 
once yeah. again. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a thief lover and I and I hate women apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. But uh, yeah, no. I... Send your emails to Out Now Podcast at Gmail. Finally got it right this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it actually looks decent. Yeah, de- I mean, decent's kind of the, the word to go around. I will say that I saw the, um, I was at, at Comic-Con last year, they had the panel for Total, Total Recall. They showed basically that entire scene where the, the guards come in and Colin Farrell fights them all off in like one shot. They showed like a lot, that's basically the scene in the original Total Recall where um, Arnold Schwarzenegger suddenly discovers that he's a secret agent, except this time there's multiple guards trying to get him at the exact moment. But uh, watching that, and it was like unfinished, but it's pretty much look how it should look. Yeah, I can see what they're going for. And yeah, I, I kind of I agree with Laramie where it's it's very busy with the camera work, and I do think it's more fitting for a film like this that's all set in the future. Like it's like kind of the next evolution of something like Fifth Element, basically, kind of where it's going. But yeah, I I would I approve of this kind of style, I guess, towards it more so than what Wiseman brought to like Live Free and Die Hard, which is more which should be more of a kind of not gritty but kind of in your like this guy versus stuff and it's tough not slick looking kind of mode and uh yeah i guess watching watching the total recall trail it's like all right this it's like slick and clean and yeah it looks it looks like a high budget studio picture and it feels rightish i guess it has like an interesting cat like brian carrington shows up at the end and i'm like all right well Walt shows up. That's always something. <laughs> Doing his chemistry. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel will probably. I think I saw them fight a little bit in that trailer. So that's that's never that's never a terrible thing. I guess seeing women beat each other, right, Abe? Right. Um, All right. High I five? think I'm in too much hot water. As I said already, I'm <laughs> just like zipping. It. I'm, I'm curious what the rating will be because this isn't like this is a 1990s slash the 80s where Paul Verhoeven could do whatever he wants to and make it work this is going to be the 2012 everything needs to be sanitized in pg-13 at least it's not it's not in 3d right yeah that is that's a huge win yeah it's it's not in 3d (laughs) yeah much appreciated yeah but at the same time we won't get a 3d shot of a alien with three breasts so i mean (laughs) get ready for a surprise (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh total recall hits theaters i believe august 3rd, yes, August 3rd, 2012. So right, right after you've seen all the other amazing movies of the summer, you can go and see Total Recall. And, uh, all right, yeah, so the next trailer we're going to talk about is The Raven. And this is the... This is the John Cusack-starring serial killer thriller set back at the time of Edgar Allan Poe, where John Cusack plays Edgar Allan Poe, and a serial killer is on the loose, killing people that match with Edgar Allan Poe's poems. And writings and other work and uh yeah this is from james mcteague yeah. yes from, yeah, yeah. James, james, yeah it's from director james mcteague who did yes who did a v for vendetta and um oh ninja assassin that's right and, yeah the much ninja loved ninja assassin, assassin. <laughs> that's the other with rain <laughs> with yes with, with korean pop star rain but uh my favorite korean pop star. <laughs> he, he's no tight taiwan tight taiwanese pop star like um <laughs> jay chow Jay Chow, but yeah. <laughs> I that I'm Terms of Asian pop stars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Abe, what are you thinking of about the Raven? Um, I, I, I sincerely hope that with the casting and whoever the captain is, you know, Luke Evans, I hope that it's not really just like a dead giveaway of uh, who the killer is. Um, it, I think it looks pretty intriguing, especially like some of the cinematography, especially with like the guy who's going to die as the clock keeps striking that was actually pretty tense um but 
the, the pit pendulum. Yeah, the pendulum. Thing. I was like, I was like, oh damn, that sucks. That's like the worst way to go. But it looks interesting. I think John Cusack is he's weird, but you know maybe it's gonna work out. So it seems like he's trying to channel Nick Cage's hair. Yeah, his hairline's kind of receding. Yeah, <laughs> um, I not just hairline receding. It seems like he's trying to channel Nick Cage's hair, like in performance too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this was actually originally cast with Nick Cage, but then he just couldn't do it because he's doing like Ghost Rider Part Three or something. Maybe that's that's a more interesting movie right there <laughs> if Nick Cage was Edgar Allan Poe. But um, yeah, it looks it looks pretty intriguing. I think that it, it hopefully it holds up with a pretty good plot and pretty good thrills. My only issue was the marketing in general. Like, I think it gives away really prominent third act things, and it's like, uh, can we not do that? <laughs> but um. And, like, the killer, like, I feel like that's totally been tipped now as well. And then he may have played it a little cutesy. You know, it feels a little bit like Sherlock Holmes 2, where it's like, um, hey, we're being cheeky now sort of feel. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm very, very hopeful. I love V for Vendetta. Uh, I liked the color palette quite a bit on this one. Um, and I think, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, people have had a tough time adapting him, but awesome stuff if you get it right. I thought the pendulum scene looked yeah. really cool as well. Like, it was visually compelling. I know the movie's very R-rated. That's that's something I do know. Like Again, this is also a Comic-Con last year, and they showed some pretty gruesome oh. scenes in here. It's really like a... It feels like a mix... I hate mixing movies, but it feels like a mix of, like, Saw, in terms of, like, they're put into terrible traps, and John Cusick has to, like, kind of save them. And, like, something like V for Vendetta, where it's very stylistic. Like, it feels like... It feels like I should be watching The Raven right before I watch Abraham Lincoln Vampire <laughs> Hunter. It feels it feels like that would be this would be like the good opening act movie for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. That's kind of the vibe I got. That's yeah. Said, that yeah. That said, I really like um Sleepy Hollow. That's like one of yeah. my favorite film of mine. That's my favorite like Tim Burton film of mine. And if it was something like that, if it, it looks had, pretty similar. Yeah. yeah. If it had that kind of mode to it, I'd be I'd be pretty intrigued. Which also makes me think, well, if if John Cusack played Edgar Allan Poe, this movie would probably make a billion dollars. <laughs> It's like high fidelity, but with death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah top, top five poems. Top five, <laughs> top five uh, the 19th century serial killers. <laughs> Is Jack Black also in here? Uh, yeah. yeah he, Jack the Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, now I want to see the walk hard version of The Raven with Jack Black. <laughs> the Raven, which I, I think has been pushed back a few times. I know it's been out. In, I think it's been out in England yeah, or in the UK area for like a few, like a month or so. But I believe it now it comes out April 27th, right before it's that big push right before the Avengers, where I think like five movies come out that week. It's but, always uh, a good sign when a film is delayed. <laughs> always. I'll, never, never doubt. I read, a, read an interesting fact just now. Um, Jeremy Renner was originally going to star in the film, but he had to drop out for Mission Impossible. Ewan McGregor was also in talks for the role. Hmm. Jeremy Renner as Edgar Allan Poe. He, I think he, at one point, though, he was in talks for every film in Hollywood. That, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he is pleased. With, since he's he's born, he's Ethan, or whatever. He's Mission Impossible. Yeah. He, he was he was probably in Total Recall. He was going to be in Battleship, but... Tim Riggins won the role. He, he, was, <laughs> he, he, was, he was originally uh, Tars Tarkas and John Carter, but then he was still mad at Tim Riggins. Uh, he was Captain America. But then he's like, oh, wait, we already have a Captain America. Am I the only one with a Chris Pine, Chris Evans mental block? Like, I cannot separate the two of them. Chris Pine, Chris Evans? Uh, um, yeah. Chris, well, Chris Pine, Chris Pine's forehead's too prominent for me to, like, not really confuse them. I'm trying to give other people this mental block now. <laughs> it's not a good goal, but it's a goal. Chris Evans, I think he's tall, and I don't think Chris Pine is tall. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, that could be right. I feel like if they were to stand, if they were to play brothers opposite the Danny McBride, Sam Worthington <laughs> brothers movie as rival, the rival cops, that's a movie that I want to see. But one would have like <laughs> this. This poster is amazing to me of this movie that I've just imagined. Yeah, it's a film I can get behind. Instead of Danny McBride and um, Sam Worthington, were like in Tango and Cash Part Two or something like that, where they are brothers. Well, it would be Part Two. It would just be yeah. a remake of it. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves here. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It, or they'd be in Brett Ratner's. Um, uh, Midnight Run remake. Colin Farrell is who? <laughs> <laughs> that would totally work, by the way. Hollywood script agents, give me a call. I'll, I'll, I'll see Danny McBride in Cop and a Half, too. <laughs> Cop Two and a Half. It featured the uh, the little kid from, uh, oh, what's his name? Bobby G- Bob, Bobby something from uh, Role Models. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he was good. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch this movie. <laughs> They'd be swearing at each other. That's so, there's so many tangents. Um, let's move on. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on now. Uh, oh yeah, I guess we're done with trailers. Let's move on then to our film review for Wrath of the Titans. We gods are losing our power. We believed Titans to be a prison forever. Now. They're breaking free. I'm in chaos. The end of the world. What am I meant to do? Perseus, I need your help. This is for gods, not humans. You will learn someday that being half human She's stronger than a god. That was a little bit of the trailer for Wrath of the Titans, the sequel, or follow-up, sequel, whatever, <laughs> to the uh, 2010 remake Clash of the Titans. Uh, this one also stars Sam Worthington, Liam Neeson, Ray Fiennes, the, the, our favorite Greek triumvirate right there. <laughs> and uh, as a follow-up, this film takes place ten years later, after the events of Clash of the Titans, where Perseus... The Kraken Slayer is continuing to live life as a regular mortal, as a fisherman with his son. But problems are arising because Zeus and the other gods are losing their powers due to humanity no longer believing in them. And um, it seems like the Titans are gaining more power. There is a calamity coming. It will affect us all, gods and men. The humans may have stopped praying to us, but there are consequences. Without prayer, we gods lose our power. When our power leaves us, all our work comes undone. If our power diminishes much further, we gods will become mortal. We will die, and Cronus himself will escape. So this especially gives more that's more involved when Hades and Ares uh, make a deal with Kronos, the imprisoned king of the Titans, who's imprisoned down Tartarus. They make a pact and uh, capture Zeus and uh, try to you know get Kronos back into power. Perseus, reluctant as always, decides what the hell and uh, sets out to try and rescue Zeus from the underworld with the help of Queen Andromeda, played by Rosamund Pike, and um, another demigod, uh, played by Tony, Toby, Tony, Toby Kebbell. And, uh, you know, Greek hilarity <laughs> ensues. Yeah. Oh, Toby, so... that you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, lots to discuss. Let's go. Um, Laramie, what did you think of Wrath of the Titans? I'm definitely not a fan. I think I gave the first uh, Clash of the Titans a B- minus or C-plus, somewhere in there. I thought this was 
brutally bad. I thought the story didn't even, they didn't even try to make sense with it for me. It was just, they kept making like new rules. Like, well, I'm immortal unless I get tied up and people take my power. (laughs) And then it's like, our dad tried to kill us, but I'm going to help him kill you. And I I don't know. There was just for me, like the plot wasn't there. So it felt kind of aimless. And then again, I don't know how you fight a lava monster. Like in real life, I think that'd be really difficult. Clearly this is a Greek epic. So it's not real life, but they tried to make it organic and realistic. I think they failed on all levels. Other than that, count me down as a fan. <laughs> uh, in a word, it's very forgettable. Uh, and it's I, I watched it yesterday. I really don't know what happened. I just remember that at some point, Ralph Fine, Ray Fiennes and, and Liam Neeson are just being badasses by throwing all these titans out of the way and stuff. And it's called Wrath the Titans. You really don't see that many titans. Um, That's the weird part. That trailer yeah. indicates a different premise than the film actually has. Yeah, so it's like a bunch more, of more so action. That, titans, that they I mean, you feel like there'd be more yeah, titans. Uh, yeah, they, I, th- I feel like they just think, well, these are Greek things. <laughs> Th- those They're probably titans. Minotaur. Titan. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> that Minotaur scene, yeah. Anything about a Minotaur is always now about... Your Highness. Yeah, Your Highness. Yeah, it, it's always going to be that. But I mean, it, back to the Wrath the Titans. Yeah, it's forgettable. It's... I, I agree with you. It's very superficial. It's very shallow in terms of like plot development. Um, there's all these characters like Toby Kebbell. Like he plays, I guess, the comic relief in the movie. Um, rock and yeah, roll. he was great in rock and roll. I love that guy. Um, more fit in rock and roll too, I would say. But uh, it's just, it's just really awful at some points. I think even relationships between like the Sam Worthington and his son, and I think they actually had the part where. Rife finds and Liam Neeson are just talking about, you know, forgiveness or whatever else. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, if they had expanded more about this and some of the more tragic elements of their relationship with their father or whatever. But, and the other thing that I really can't get over is, uh, why is Aries like, why does he have a Spanish accent when everyone has like a British accent or anything like that? Um, well, why do they all have British accents? That's a good question, yeah. Why does Percy have an Australian accent? <laughs> I know, I noticed that too, right off the bat. Don't, don't worry about Zeus. No, Zeus gets around, dude. That's the answer <laughs> to that question. But the only thing- when Zeus like asks, when Zeus asks, uh, we need to we need to get all my sons together. I'm like, well, that might take a while, Zeus. I mean, you're not exactly sleeping with one woman. He's not, here. He's not super fidelity, yeah. But um, yeah, the only saving he's high fidelity. High fidelity, yeah. The only saving grace is a uh, awesome cameo by Bubo, and that was basically it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the original class of Titans, which Abe and I and um, Jordan and Mr. Jim Deeds, we all talked about at length in our commentary for that. That movie, I don't think is great, but it's still enjoyable to an extent. And I, a lot of it's due to the, just the, I'm not going to say the timelessness because it is kind of dated, but like kind of the, the, the cheesy classic version of making that kind of movie work with the stop animation. That said, with when Clash of the Titans was first coming out, I was on board with the idea of that remake. It seems like that's a good idea. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, the idea of Clash of the Titans was to kind of make a, a greatest hits Greek myth action movie and using basically what are considered the latest special effects possible. And so I'm like, well, if they make that again, using the latest special effects, tech, I mean, there's no, it seems like that's a fitting idea for a remake, I guess. I can get behind that. So I saw that one and I was like, that was nothing. I didn't really <laughs> care for that movie. I, it had some nice set pieces mixed with like, just, uh, and, uh, so, yeah, I thought it was meh. And so this movie, I was a little more... I was going in with lowest expectations just because, well, it's a sequel to a movie that I didn't really like, and no one seemed to really like, even though it made, like, half a billion dollars at the box office. <laughs> and so going in, I was like, all right, at least they don't have, like, an, a remake. that They don't have, like, a plot to tie themselves down to. They can just do whatever they want. 
And walking into it and seeing it after after seeing it, I I, I guess I kind of liked it. I had I had more fun with it than you guys did apparently. But like I don't think it's great by any means. I can pick it apart to hell, which we'll <laughs> work out to do. But I think I got more out of it than I was hoping to. And I can the the main things I can I guess respect are kind of just kind of some of the go for broke actionness of it, where it just kind of it has. It has fun just messing around with like putting humans into crazy CG action sequences, like seeing Perseus fight against a chimera and seeing long shots of him running side by side a CG creation and seeing it mesh well. And like I, I had fun with that. The the ludicrousness of a giant lava rock monster versus Perseus and his black version of Pegasus, <laughs> probably probably voiced by Chris Rock in deleted scenes. Seeing that's kind of fun. Seeing seeing that giant elaborate set piece, I kind of enjoyed that. Although I have some issues with how that thing functions, right. but we'll talk about. It. Yeah, the hydraulics involved had to have been amazing. <laughs> I, well, yeah, that's that's why I had God of Iron working Hephaestus split. What? Like, I'll talk about Bill Nye in a second too. But um, I mean, overall, like I don't think it's horrible, <laughs> but I I had I had more fun watching it than I had fun watching the first one, which I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. So there are some story elements that were introduced. Abe, you kind of brought this up with, like, Perseus and his son, and, like, the, the idea of, like, uh, I guess, fathers was, like, seemed like a theme that they, like, put out there, but they just didn't yeah, go they, into they it. they tried really hard, but they yeah, thought they like, tried have, really hard. They yeah. thought they tried really hard. They're like, well, we'll just, we'll just throw some lines in here. Just, you know, try. But not really do anything with it. Because you have, like, you have the idea of, like, Perseus is the son of Zeus, but he does, he's why he's rejecting that. Then you have his son, and he's trying to relate to his son. And then you have, like, Zeus and Hades, and I guess Poseidon, who's not in this very long, like, they're all the son of, of Kronos, but it feels like there could have been more done with, like, establishing, and then Ares and his whole, like, he feels underappreciated, but we don't see anything about expanding upon that. Like, it's just it's just kind of established that apparently Ares isn't liked by Zeus for some reason, and he's really angry with him. But nothing's done with those themes. Like, it seems like there could have been a more interesting story here if they kind of spent time fleshing those bits you know, out. I, I liken it to, like, uh, when people are brainstorming, they're like, oh, you know, that's a great idea if we have, like, this, whatever, whatever. And then when they get to finally... Re- like directing and acting in it they're like eh, it's actually really hard to do that so let's just cut it down to this and this and this let's just yeah it down. and it just becomes something that they think that is really cool but it's really not but to your point about the you know whole entire relationship between the fathers and sons uh, i mean i really didn't care too much for it it, it was kind of like something that would have been nice if they you know i guess explained a little more when I'm, it, yeah I'm, I'm saying i didn't i didn't care for it yeah i, I get but it's just yeah i, I think the um to the point about the giant labyrinth, it was it was a cool concept, you know. It's, it's like this moving giant tower that you have to go into to go into uh, Tartarus, and they are only there for like two minutes. And I was like, wow, this is kind of weird because they get lost along the way. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. They're gonna actually get lost, and there's like millions of ways to get there. But all of a sudden, it's like he just takes Rosamund Pike's face and turns it to the left, and it's like we're here, surprise. So I, it's it's just everything is just so superficial that it, it just was full of nothing. That's not to say I didn't have fun. Other than that, it it feels I mean because when you first see that labyrinth scene, like it shows Hephaestus is he's his map for the labyrinth, and you see this giant thing that leads all the way up to Tartarus. It's like oh man, this is gonna take like a year to get through <laughs> <laughs> without a with a, with our little map that for some reason we have a map that charts the exact path to the lab that doesn't work <laughs> at all. But they get they get inside the labyrinth. They take like two wrong turns, and then Perseus like falls away, and he fights a Minotaur, uh, shanks the Minotaur with his own horn, and then like that's it. Like then the, the labyrinth morphs, and it's yeah. like, oh, well, 
I guess choosing option B, fight a minotaur, was the way to solve the labyrinth a lot quicker yeah. than fully exploring it. And you know, the other thing about that that labyrinth, there was this part where uh, Rosamund Pike, I guess Queen uh, Afro, or Andromeda, Andromeda, yeah, she's like, oh, we're not alone in here. And I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of spooked. There's like something in there that's you know a shapeshifter or something like that. Um, but that's not explored at no, all. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just one minute. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was making shadow yeah, puppets. I, that's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Shadow <laughs> um, There's that scene late in the movie where you have Neeson and Ray Fiennes, like, basically just godding out. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> getting, <laughs> they're getting some it's, as gods. And they're just... It was like wild hogs, but with <laughs> god stuff. You know, like, I, I, I really, again, I had fun with this movie, and I wish, but I wish it embraced this campiness more. Like, I wish this was, I wish, it, I almost wish this was, like, more like A Knight's Tale, where you have, like, you <laughs> put in, like, modern, like, 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 I mean, the trailers try to be, like, a, a Knight's Tale. They put in their own rock yeah. music. Like, you might as well just have, like, classic rock songs mixed with Neeson and Ray Fiennes, just, like, and I guess Poseidon, if he didn't die so early on, Danny Houston, like, just rocking out his gods and, like, throwing fireballs and lightning balls and water balls <laughs> i guess <laughs> all around as like you know boys are back in town is playing or some ac <laughs> tracks going on <laughs> that's a movie i really i wish i could have seen more of i could have i wish i could have seen more of this campy movie like with the first clash of the titans one of the reasons i really didn't care for it that much is i think it was trying i think it was kind of i think it was too serious i i think it had i think it, it had some kind of fun at points but i think it it took itself too seriously. This one, I feel like it tried to have more comedic elements. It was very self-referential in a way. Like, I think Bill Nye almost spoils this movie completely by being Bill Nye and not playing, like, a person that exists in this time period. Like, he comes in, he literally, like, acknowledges the last movie where he says, release the Kraken <laughs> yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Like, he... and That was, like, a nice chuckle moment. <laughs> it was a chuckle moment, but it's like, what movie is Bill Nye like, in right now? Like, we're... He's like he's like doing his he's doing the the snorting thing like he's playing Bill Nye like he's not he's not doing anything else he's playing he's, he's playing he's, a weird character from uh love yeah love actually. actually yeah like that that coked out rock star where he's very aware that he's doing this movie <laughs> yeah um I don't know what can I say and you know about Bill Nye there was like the, the cool part about the Cyclops Cyclops eye Cyclopses Cyclopses which goes no James Marsden James Marsden James Marsden yeah. You know, you have three James Marsden, an old and two young, and that really goes nowhere. It, it could have been like this awesome battle fight, but it just becomes like this predator to move. It does. Like you really, you really think, well, what the Cyclops is, the James Marsdens, <laughs> they they really kind of they kind of go away after you first meet them. <laughs> like you you get them, you fight them, and then they kind of like, all right, well, I guess we'll take you right, to our leader. Yeah. And then you don't see them again, especially in the wake of the world's possibly ending. You think you'd want to have more. People that, by the way, what's going on in that battle scene? Where is it? Where is everyone else? Like, apparently, humanity is about to die, right? Is that that's what I'm? Yes. Saying? Like, Kronos, Kronos has gathered his power. He erupts from a volcano, and you have like three flanks. And let's see, the first flank is re- is led by the guy who was trying to steal things, Toby right. Kevill, and then the second flank is just like a handful of guys. And then like Queen Andromeda, the queen is like the leader of the third, like the last group of people. And so that amounts to like 500 people there. Where's Greece? Where, where's <laughs> Where the are the ends? Where, where's Hercules? Where's everyone? I don't know the time. It's pretty fast and loose with Greek mythology. So, like, is Perseus the only demigod that can match up to this thing? Apparently so. They could definitely only manage like 20 people, like a skeleton crew of like 
look, we got to fight off this rock monster. You, me, and a couple of friends, let's head down there, see what happens, <laughs> see what develops. <laughs> I also like that they tied up, you know, at the end of the first one, he finds himself a love interest that they had to get rid of for contractual reasons. <laughs> so within the first 30 seconds, like, well, how do... Oh, uh, she's dead. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> so there's a grave. That, okay, so I don't remember the first one clearly enough. Maybe you guys could explain this to me. But so EO, I believe, was her name, played by Gemma 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 Arterton. Now, was she wasn't she like was she like a like, was she a, a human in that movie or was she wasn't she like like a some kind of spirit god or muse or something in that in the in the first movie? No idea. I didn't she watch has it. Some, she has some special powers, I think, but she dies and she gets brought back to life. By okay, that's right. Zeus, so he's like, I don't want you to live alone. Here you go. <laughs> and like, there's your reward it, for Kraken slaying. Yeah, like that's the end of the film, though. Like that's what it ends on. And then four seconds later, it's like, hey, Dad. <laughs> so, so, so don't watch this movie in succession. Yeah, <laughs> so you'll be really upset with the use of Jim Arterton. Back to back might be a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> she dies, then she dies again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's humorous to me that the first movie basically had two love interests, and they they really cash in on both of them throughout the series. <laughs> apparently, it's very strange. Yeah, okay, yeah, especially because what um, Alexa Delablos, I believe, played Andromeda in the first film, and she didn't come back either. Rosamund Pike plays her character in this film, so not a lot of <laughs> the women don't seem to want to be a part of the series. <laughs> so it's like it's like a it's like a Greek myth Bond girl situation, I guess, is what we're going for. <laughs> The, with the of the titans franchise that we're setting up here what what did the what's what, what would the third one be called what's flash yeah. of the titans <laughs> clash wrath flash yeah it makes sense bash of the titans where they have like a high school reunion smash of the titans where they all just get drunk smash of the titans <laughs> where they try out for a broadway musical <laughs> <laughs> smash of the titans yeah yeah share could be hera and uh you know, okay, so that's a, that's the other, like, theme that I thought was interesting but went nowhere. The gods are dying because people don't believe in them anymore. I think there's a lot that could be explored there in that be, kind of yeah. movie. And that's a great point that you bring up because that's, like, that's a really interesting thing. And when he goes up to the... Times are evolving. Yeah. And, you know, and... things are... Like, 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 a movie like Beowulf does something like that where they introduce Christianity in the background. And I think that's handled better than this movie <laughs> is here. Beowulf. Are you the one they call Beowulf? <laughs> okay, um... Sam Worthington in this movie, he has quite. Uh, I guess we're giving up on him doing an American accent in movies. I think that's. I think we've established this now. I think Is that... you also mentioned that when he was on Man on a Ledge, it just goes back into being Australian accent. Yeah, as you know here, he's the son of the great god Poseidon. <laughs> your new boyfriend is clearly insane. I'm your cousin, as you know. I'm the son of Zeus, half god. I'm abandoned just like you. My father sent you. I want nothing to do with you. Your father's dead. Gods don't die. They do now. Yeah, when he, whenever he's angry, it seems he's very Australian. That's what I've noticed. But this movie didn't seem like he's even trying. It seemed like they were like, I don't know where they filmed it, so I'm just going to assume New Zealand. And so it feels like maybe he just kind of took a plane over. And they, they just, you know, he just kind of went with it. He didn't really go for the British old-fashioned Greek accent, and he didn't really try for an American accent. He just kind of went, look, I'm going to do this. I don't feel like shave, I don't feel like having the, the Jason Statham hair buzz again, <laughs> so I'm just going to leave the mullet going. Like, it seemed like Man on the Ledge yeah, was filmed on breaks between Wrath of the Titans. Yeah. 
Just like Mickey Rourke apparently filmed Iron Man two, uh, Iron Man two, and Expendables back to back because he had the same look there. What can I say? Sam Worthington. Yeah, I, I think that it's just I don't know. It, it, in ter- like you know how sometimes I'm just saying people are serviceable. It's like in this one, it's just like you can just find somebody else. You can just done better with I don't know some other dude. Yeah, yeah anyone. Yeah. It's like he's just really not giving a crap. It's not to say that I don't think he's trying hard. It's just more like there's really nothing there for him at all. It's just this should have just been straight to DVD. I think we would have watched that. Just like Scorpion King three. I don't know. There's, just, there's something to be said for the scale of this movie. I think that's a. I think I did admire like the scale of the action. Like I feel like there's a lot of shots of just wide shots of things happening. Like the, not even just like Kronos as a giant lava rock monster, but I think there's a lot of. They decide that they really kind of put, opposed to the first one, which I feel was a bit more claustrophobic, perhaps. I feel like this one at least tried to set the camera out. You know, I should mention this is a Abe. This last week was our 50th anniversary Woo-hoo. episode, and this week, this week is our our Jonathan Liebsman anniversary because our first episode was Battle L.A., and this is his new film now. Whoa. So there you go. <laughs> a year we later, we're now talking yeah. about his. Yeah, I it, it, I mean the movie has kind of a mix, I guess of showing things happening from a wide angle from a like a big from a big yeah. scale big, down to like dirty grittiness that he tried to have in battle la which is a movie we were i think actually i think i feel like we felt the exact same way about that <laughs> that we feel about this movie Full of nothing. <laughs> where it's like yeah forget, forgettable yeah. Yeah, nothing yeah you're the bravest marine i know my friend was just like rolling his eyes but uh anything a plus else? a plus plus <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean Wrath of Titans, again, I, I feel like I'm coming away, even though I, I can pick it apart to death, I feel like I'm coming away more positive than a lot, than, than the two of you. I yeah. I, I think there's... I mean, there's something to say enough. about it. It's, it's fun to some degree with some of the jokes and some of the action sequences, but for the most part, I mean, like, as a whole, uh, it's not really really worth that much of your time. Even though it's a pretty short movie, I think. Yeah, it's, it's it comes in at an, an epic 90 minutes without yeah. credits. Did you guys see it in three? I did. Yeah. 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 Hey. I'll say I'll say this because the first movie has like has the it basically has the the reputation of being the laughing stock of post converted 3D. <laughs> I feel like this one tried a little bit harder. Maybe there still weren't any like 3D specific shots, but yeah, there was one. There was one where the chimera like the snake tail like jumped. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there there was some like what like I guess lava monster rocks or you know what? There's a lot of lava in this movie by the way, too. And there's not a lot of people getting injured by lava. I just yeah. noticed that quite a bit. <laughs> you know, like, when he, when he pounds his fists into the ground, like Kronos, and, um, you know, Zeus is deflecting it, like, wouldn't it just kill everybody who's on the field right there? Like, you just, shockwave would just go... Or is Zeus, like, deflect, deflecting it from everyone? How, sorry, Abe, how did the shockwave go? He goes... <laughs> <laughs> if that was your dad, why would you save him? Who are Ares? Or I mean, uh, I mean, uh, what's his face? Zeus? No, Kronos was yeah, Zeus and Hades. Right, Papa. Yeah, and then Zeus had put him down, I guess, because he was being a bastard. Um, well, yeah, they put all the Titans down and locked away in Tartarus, and for whatever reason, I guess some some kind of pact was made between Hades, Ares, oh, and Kronos. Oh, well, the pact was like in he, their... he, to have immortality because they didn't want to be forgotten. Hades would would make a pact with Kronos and be like, all right, I'll give you Zeus's power, and I'll just forever be immortal. But... Kronos didn't seem to be that well spoken. So, like, yeah. how did he get that <laughs> deal across? It's yeah, it's <laughs> he's like mumbling. <laughs> I'm curious about that too. I was waiting for James Earl Jones to take the voice at some point, <laughs> or Megatron. 
Like, yeah, I was yeah, Hugo Weaving or James Earl Jones. They're interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't really I wasn't too I wasn't too sure what Kronos' endgame or what what Hades' endgame was besides living long. I was happy that Hades' hairline just seemed to not be like terrible like the first movie did, where it seemed like he was like a leper. But uh in this movie it seemed like he had like re- man, those are some beards in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um hmm. Hmm. <laughs> 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 right, mm. <laughs> see, do I have any, do I have any, 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 any other notes I have in this one? Let's see. Yeah, no other gods to speak of here. We had they're all dead. A couple. Like yeah, they all died off apparently. Yeah. Was... Come on, God. <laughs> so yesterday, anecdote, topical. I'm at the uh, Emerald City Comic Con doing the 12 most anticipated films of 2012. Yes. And they were the AV guy was like testing the mic before I went on, and he was a very soft spoken gentleman. And so people from the back started shouting like, "We can't hear you! We can't hear you!" So I get on the mic and I do what I always do in that situation. I go, this is gone. <laughs> and to the audience's credit, one dude shouted out, where have you been all this time? <laughs> and I had no comeback. Later, I thought I was, you know, stuck in Topeka. That would have been pretty good. Stuck but... in Topeka, yeah. <laughs> pretty good line by him. Where have you been? <laughs> He's been, sorry, my bad. Been gone. I'm curious for 12 most anticipated films. What, what's like the top three? Well, of course, Dark Knight. Yeah, I strangely enough have Looper at number three. I I have that pretty high myself. I saw, I'm very excited about Looper. I saw and then, the, uh, uh, I saw the trailer for it at WonderCon a couple weeks ago. It looks oh really? It looks quite promising. I believe it's going to be released online. Yeah, this week, I can't actually, wait. Too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think Ryan Johnson's really really talented. Yeah, yes, for sure. Like Brothers Bloom to me was crazy underrated. Like I really like. Yeah, yeah, I was really sad that it didn't catch up. That didn't take on as much as Brick did. And I mean, that's it. I love Brick a lot too. So. Yeah, I love Brick. And then my t- number two was uh, Django Unchained. Oh yeah, yeah, Tarantino. Yeah. You know. so, pretty yeah. chalky, but was that an article or anything? Or no, I didn't. Just like a like a panel kind of thing. Yeah, just a panel. Colin. I was saying that was an article because I could link it in the show notes, perhaps if it was or something. But... No, it was just me being an idiot on stage. <laughs> Topeka, Kansas. I'm excited to hear more about. Yeah, we'll talk about Looper next week. I feel awesome. like more. Yeah, because I remember when you mentioned the trailer, the trailer coming out in yeah. April, I was like, "Oh man, I can't wait!" Because I'm a big fan of Ryan Johnson and as well. It's yeah, and it's very like I'll just say now it, the 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 trailer doesn't give away a plot. Is that it just gives away a premise really? So that's kind of the that's the best kind of trailer. So agreed. Cool. Yeah. All right, so uh, getting back to our thoughts on Wrath of the Titans, uh, the much loved March Madness movie. <laughs> uh, Let's see, last, uh, yeah, we'll just get to it more, I guess, instead of because of. So, um, yeah, let's just go to our rating. Each week on Out Now, we try to rate our movies based on when you should go and see them, as opposed to kind of a letter or a thumbs up kind of grade. So, we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater to Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. So, uh, Laramie, on that scale, where would you kind of put this movie? I'm going to go all the way to forget about it. Mm. (laughs) Sorry about that. Forget about it. Yeah. Hey, I went to with the TV on this one, just regular TV, not even FX. Not Oof. even FX. You're waiting for the ABC Family yeah, just broadcast. Like, yeah, where it's like turned down to like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> not even like DVD on TV. No, FX, not even that. See how they made I, a lava I, rock that monster. You'd actually have to spend time watching and be like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. This is just sort of like, yeah, I'm doing laundry. Oh, it's on. Yeah, I'll, I'll go a little bit higher and I'll say Netflix so you can get that Blu-ray. Look at it in pristine vision, <laughs> just because it's nice enough looking for me. But yeah, it's not a. Not a great movie. Not a. I, I wish this movie could be done right. Like I feel like there's a, like a great Greek epic god movie that's just over the top and silly that's there to be made. That's also you know good, but oh, what we have is what we have right now. I guess so. 
There we, there we yeah. go. Hey, Abe, I did text you, too, when I was about to see the movie. <laughs> You're, like, um, in 2D. <laughs> I was like, it's in 2D! Exclamation point! And then, apparently, they forgot that it was in 3D, because at the last minute, they came up with the boxes of glasses. Like, oh, it's in 3D, guys! Here you go! <laughs> so, that was a bit irritating. I was like, oh, good, I'm gonna, it's gonna be very bright. So, oh, side note to that, when I was watching Tintin today, I watched it, I watched, the, I had the 3D Blu-ray, because we have a 3D TV, and I was really impressed with how good oh, the 3D cool. TV is. It was, like, really, it was, like, as good as a theatrical experience, which I've heard before that 3D at home is actually pretty solid compared to converted movies and theaters. Mm. So, but yeah, I'm excited to watch Hugo that way oh, as well. Man. Again, because I can't watch that movie enough. But uh, okay, so yeah, that's our Wrath of the Titans. Well, yeah, let's uh, go over the box office this week for it. Then, uh, Abe, do you remember what you predicted last I, week? I, for... I think I went high. I went 50. First place, 50. Yeah, you went. You went first in 50, Jordan went first in 43, Liz went first in 49. I went a little bit higher because I did not think about how much Hunger Games would continue to be. That would be out of people's first... systems. Nope. I went first to 55, but yeah, the film came in second yeah. place, and uh, clearly they also remembered Clash of the Titans because it came with $34 million. Wow. Uh, yeah, second place, 34. Hunger Games came in to the top of the box with uh, 61 everyone's mirror mirror Laramie, did you see mirror mirror by chance yeah i like mirror mirror oh yeah you like yeah it? Mm-hmm. all right yeah we've been not anticipating mirror mirror for quite some time so I, I, here's a curious did you like immortals i did yeah i found immortals yeah, to be I, enjoyable liked, too. I, I like tarsum quite a bit i think he's really strong yeah i liked um well i like i like I certainly, yeah, I obviously like his visual sense sensibilities and i liked um the fall quite a bit and i like the cell a lot of it and, yeah, the Immortals, I had... I wish I had more fun with Immortals, but I didn't like Immortals mm-hmm. overall. But seeing every time I saw the trailer for Mirror Mirror, I was so dissuaded by seeing it, so I did not go out and see Mirror Mirror. Yeah, it's much, much better than the trailers suggest, because I, I agree, the marketing really? has been terrible. That's interesting. Yeah, I heard, so the, that, I heard that the lines, uh, Snow Way and um, Say Hello to My Little Friend, are not in the movie. Agreed, oh, they're wow. not. Uh, 30 plus. Yeah. So, see, yeah, see, that adds to it. That, that adds to me wanting to see it right there. Yeah, I would have given it a B or B minus, and I would say probably see it in theaters if you can, because his visuals are so big. Uh, for the record, I do predict box office at Rope of Silicon, and I had Hunger Games first and Wrath of the Titans second. But. Yeah, I think I, I think I pressured Jordan into going for first place. <laughs> I, I predicted it too high, though. I had it, at, I had Wrath at forty-eight, which clearly it didn't get yeah, near ten over. Yeah, um, yeah. Mirror Mirror came in in third place of nineteen. Twenty-one Jump Street still making money because that mm. movie's quite. Did you like Twenty-One Jump Street? I definitely liked the first half. I thought the second half was a little slow, but overall, like I'm looking forward to a sequel, and I, I'd recommend it. You know. And, uh, yeah, the Lorax is still making money for whatever reason. <laughs> How did yeah. buddy uh, John Carter do? Uh, J- John Carter? Oh, oh. God. John- wow, that's a, that's a significant, like, jump, too. John Carter... Lorax has $8 million in fifth place. John Carter has $2 million wow. in sixth place. Like, that, that, there's a large disparity between the two of them. But, yeah, John Carter is still... Uh, it's made... It, Johnny, Johnny. Worldwide, worldwide, it's made back its budget. It's budget, though, but not, like, marketing yeah. and advertising. Well, no one really technically knows how much it costs overall to produce and market, except Disney. <laughs> They've said they're going to lose two hundred million on it, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, which is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's that's. So someone got fired. <laughs> you'd rather not lose that if you could. Yeah, you 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 you'd rather want to say Disney made two hundred million dollars just because, opposed to yeah, <laughs> not doing. Yeah, that's that's basically all that matters salmon fishing in the yemen yeah it did pretty well for limited theaters yeah active valor still making money 
and, and made for like 12 cents thousand words eddie murphy not Zero talking percent on the tomato meter <laughs> and uh journey to the mysterious island Ugh. and then uh, project x still uh, out yeah. but yeah all right so that's that's all that um Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to Instead or Because Of. Instead or Because Of. Instead or Because Of, you should watch this, informally known as Retro Review. And this is where we uh, discuss a couple films that relate to our main feature of the week. And uh, we kind of talk about some films that relate, that are, um, you know, we'd watch because of Wrath of the Titans or instead of Wrath of the Titans. And uh, I have a few in mind, but Abe, how about you start okay. this one? Um, instead of Wrath of the Titans, I would say watch the 80s Clash of the Titans, because Bubo has a more prominent role in that one, and he's way more fun. And then, because of Wrath of the Titans, I thought of Transformers 2, uh, because that's like when they're pulling Megatron up from the sea, and they've got to put them all back together and stuff, and it just reminded me a lot of Kronos. So, yeah. Wrath, Wrath of the Fallen. Wrath of the <laughs> Fallen, yeah, exactly. Minus all the racism and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. What was was there any racism, 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 racism in a Wrath of the Titans? Let me let me think here. I don't think so. Well not, or at least not that. Can't put my finger on it. <laughs> they hate they hated multi limbed characters a lot. That's and the Titans, which you know, I don't know. That could be construed as. All right, uh, Laramie. Any uh, movies come to mind? You know, we cribbed it a little bit, but Immortals. I would say instead of, I think Immortals is a much better version of the epic Greek god Delio. Uh, and, you know, handles it with almost more and less reverence at the same time. Like, certain parts are just big and silly, and other parts are have a little more character development to them. So Immortals, to me, is a far superior film. And I thought of, especially during the uh, ending scenes with the rock monster, I thought of 300 just for how much better, you know, clearly that battle scene is and how they took a limited amount of people, 300, and made it, seem much much cooler than the couple dozen that uh wrath of the titans used against there and uh, there just didn't seem to be any strategy or just like line up here this will be the first offense where we sit in mud and <laughs> so it, it like it didn't make any sense compared to like the over-the-top craziness of 300 which visually is you know quite cool I completely and agree then, <laughs> yeah and then also technically looked a lot cooler so yeah okay, okay so here's my here's my main instead of that i thought of um, Aladdin came to mind, oh. and I'll explain exactly why. When Bill Nye comes on, it feels just like when Genie gets introduced into Aladdin, where the first the the, the opening parts of Aladdin are you know it's fun, it's you know it's a musical Disney comedy, and it's you know but it's fairly it's set in a in an environment that you know doesn't call attention to itself, and I think Wrath of the Titans kind of does the same thing until you get to Bill Nye's character where he suddenly making callbacks to, like, the first Clash of the Titans and acting like a character <laughs> from, like, a 60s English comedy who happens to be in Wrath of the Titans. The same way Genie is introduced to Aladdin and suddenly the reality's gone and you have all these pop culture references going on. And that was, <laughs> that's the exact comparison I thought of for Wrath of the Titans. And, Thank and you, then, Disney. Um, my, other one, my other one was God of War, which is the same thing I could have said for um, Clash of the Titans as well, the video game series God of War. I played, I actually, I did play that instead of like, Wrath of the Titans. I, I've been playing God of War for the past couple of days because I wanted to, because I enjoy that. And in a video game series, that has a more compelling story and characters than the God, the either Clash of the Titans or Wrath of the Titans do. Way better. Yeah. Way better character development out of, out of that. And like, they start so cool in the original God of War. Yeah, they like, just throw you in. It starts out so dark and so impressive. You're like, oh, this is badass. Yeah, that's a great game. 
like I'm literally I'm playing the the last one that was on PSP. Now it's on PS3. I'm getting so geeky about it. But uh, Ghost of Sparta, and yep. in in the in Clash of the Titans, it takes you an hour and thirty minutes to get to the Kraken. In Ghost of Sparta, it takes you two minutes, and suddenly a giant kraken's already fighting you. <laughs> like there's, it just it throws you right in. It knows it's doing, and it still makes time for developing the character of Kratos, the lead character of God of War. So yeah, that that came to mind. And Jason and the Argonauts. I thought of that because of all these kind of god crazy Greek epic movies, not counting something like Three Hundred, because that's more or less based in a different kind of reality. There's no kind of well, I guess there's over the top and some creature stuff, but I mean, in terms of having like godlike creature, god creatures and stuff, Jason and the Argonauts is kind of the movie I go back to. I really like that movie. I really like watching that movie. How about a lot. Young Hercules? Do you like that one? Disney's no, Hercules. Young Hercules. <laughs> With Which Ryan Gosling. I love Fox Kids. I'm just being facetious. I feel like you've I feel like you've made mention of this before. Young Hercules is awesome. <laughs> young Hercules. But anyway, because I haven't I haven't seen Young Hercules, but I'm trying to like I, I feel like you've made you've called attention to Young Hercules before. What about Disney's Hercules? That was good. I like that one. That was a sweet Hydra fight sequence. They've got some great sequence. music in there. It does with yeah, Meg being in love. That was great. <laughs> Danny DeVito playing a Danny DeVito shaped character with the hairline too. With yeah. horns. What about a uh, Percy Jackson versus the I Lightning Thief that. and the Olympians? Is that pretty good? Or is that alright? It's it's I. Right? I give it I give it an I. I give it a Netflix. Okay. <laughs> I give it a, if it comes on ABC Family after the Harry Potter marathon, you could watch Percy. If, if it's a Chris Columbus marathon where you watch Harry Potter 1 and 2 and Percy Jackson, like, not, not, not a bad oh, way to do things. Okay. It has Pierce Brosnan as a centaur. As a centaur? Really? Yeah, the most the most awkward-looking centaur possible. <laughs> Laramie, did you see Percy Jackson? I didn't see Percy Jackson. You know what? It's not okay. bad for what it is, like, for being, because that's another, like, children's book yeah. series, I believe, yeah. And um, for what it, it has a pretty solid cast. Like it has Sean Bean as uh, Poseidon. Does he die? And well, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be sad if he died. It, he doesn't. I okay, don't believe he right. dies. I don't recall him dying. <laughs> I have to. I have to take stock in what Sean Bean dies in. I think I'm pretty sure that's a site. What Sean Bean dies in. Dot Tumblr.com <laughs> or something like that. But I mean, it has like Steve Coogan as Hades and Rosario Dawson as Persephone. Like it has a lot of just like fun casting choices. Or it's not bad. It has the kid that plays D'Artagnan in the the Paul W. Sanderson Three Musketeers movie. He plays a Percy Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> All of this happens. Sounds fun. But I mean, it's I th- it's it's more fun than um, I thought it would be. Like for being for that kind of movie, it's more fun than other book based epic movies like um, I Am Number Four or uh, whatever Aragon. <laughs> well, yes. Or goosebumps. That's a lot of time we spent on Percy Goose, Goosebumps. Those are, those are fun. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to a little bit of game time, I think. I think we have time for games. I Maybe. think that we do have time for games. Yeah, that'll have to do. <laughs> that'll have to do. That'll have to do for my, my, my impromptu games opening theme song. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do some games. Uh, Laramie, we have this game that we've been doing for the past couple of weeks where I have an app on my phone called the Movie History app, and it literally lists things that happen today in film history. And so I'm going to kind of go over some of these facts and just come up with offhand questions for you and Abe to try and answer. And the first of three wins. I must preface so. this by saying that I am terrible at this game. <laughs> All right. Okay. So <laughs> here's here's the first one. And it's April Fool's Day. I'll just remind everyone of this. But that what that doesn't mean that there will be tr- trick questions. Okay. I guess I'll say that <laughs> just to preface it. Okay. Barry Sonnenfeld was born April 1st, 1953. He is the director of films such as Men in Black, Wild Wild West, RV, and Men in Black 2. But what jo- what 
significant job did he get to start with? McDonald's. Haircutting. <laughs> None? Neither way? Okay. You, Don't know. In, ter- in, terms of, in terms of other films that he's worked on. Not as a director. Pornography. Uh, key grip. Okay. I figured one of you might do this. Okay. Barry Sonnenfeld was a cinematographer in early Cullen. Oh. Ah. That was my next Like Bill Wars, Pro- Bill Wars Crossing, um, uh, Bar- uh, Barton Fink. Uh, yeah. He, he was early on. He was a big, co- he, was, he was working oh. with the Cullens. I should have known that. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. Here's, a, here's an obscure one. April 1st, 1982. Sam Huntington was born. Um, False. <laughs> can someone name a film that Sam Huntington's been in? Uh, the one would be... Hmm, I do not know without cheating. I feel like if you had a face in front of you, that oh, might help. Oh, really? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up his face. Is that okay? Is that cheating? That's fine. <laughs> Sam Huntington. Huntington. Alright. I feel like he's, like, small enough of an actor, but, like, you might... Oh, this guy? Um... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he's on that weird show where he's dead or something like that on sci-fi. Yeah, there's, that's being oh, human. okay, yeah. The American version of being human. Okay, he was Jimmy Olsen in Super Mario ah, Jimmy. He was also in that Fanboys movie. I didn't watch that. And I believe he's in Not Another Teen movie. Oh, he, he is. is. He's one team. of the three group yeah. geeks. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's in a Detroit Rock City. Which I did not see. We might both get to zero here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next one wins, then? <laughs> okay, here. Okay, I have... Okay, April 1st, 2005. A popular comic book series is turned into a film and released in theaters. It's directed by a certain Robert Rodriguez. Oh, that's uh, Sin City. There. There's Boom! <laughs> I'm literally, I'm literally running out of film facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now I have to actually. This is a. Here's a no. Here's a first for the show. I'm gonna turn to the, the day before to make questions. Okay. Here, okay, here. I got, I got a perfect one right here. March thirty first, nineteen forty three. This actor was born in Queens, New York, New York. De Niro, he, Pacino. I'm gonna, I'm about to, I'm about to elaborate on this one. He has starred in. How do I best phrase this question? This actor is known for having a very particular way of speaking, and he also is known for... Christopher Walker. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Before I just continue to bullshit my way through that question. <laughs> okay. So I says to the guy, guy. Two so mice. Ball and a bucket of cream. Okay, last one. Just because I'm trying. Okay. 1971, March 31st. This actor was... Born in Scotland and uh, starred in a popular trilogy. Ewan McGregor. That is correct. Woohoo! Being the Star Wars trilogy. Woo-hoo! Yes. I'm curious what the other trilogy you were thinking. Well, I got the part B of the question. Yeah, it's Train Spotting One, Two, and Three. All right. Congratulations, Army. <laughs> Thank you. Glad I've gone through this impromptu contest once again. Maybe I should better prepare some of these questions. <laughs> I love filling time, but um, all right. So. Yeah, that's that's good. So, <laughs> uh, let's let's move on then. Let's just talk about what we're gonna talk about next week, Abe. Um, we're gonna I think we're gonna talk about the raid. Oh, raid. Sorry, the raid the raid redemption for you Americans. But... <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, but next week we have the release of what Titanic and 3D and American Reunion. I feel like we should talk about the I raid. Agree. Though. I, think I, it, think... I think it deserves some good airtime. 
I've just seen it a second time, so clearly I hated the movie. So Abe and I will argue profusely about it. Laramie, have you seen The Raid yet? Not yet. No, I need to. Yeah, I think it's I think it's be spreading wider and wider over the next few weeks. So it's yeah, it looks good. Certainly, certainly one to catch, and certainly one to uh, I don't know, be have have water with you because my friend was sweating while he was watching some of the action. Yeah, uh, and for those who aren't familiar, The Raid is an Indonesian action film that has a lot of crazy action in it, and it's worth checking out if you're able to, you know, go and see it before uh, before you dedicated listeners listen to the next <laughs> podcast. So, uh, yeah, with that said, uh, because The Raid's not hitting wide in theaters, I think we'll predict the box office for American Reunion. I okay. just want to try that one out. And uh, I guess since we have Laramie on with us, it might be a little helpful, just like when we have Scott Mendelson on with us, he tends to have a little... Well, no, Scott. Scott's more of a—he's more of an after-the-fact box office guy. Larry, I think you actually predict box office. So. I do. Uh, so let's see here. American Pie opened at eighteen million. American Pie two forty-five. Yeah. You gotta think the nostalgia level is fairly high here. Yeah, you got all the the gang back together and Tara Reid. <laughs> so I'm going to go as high as. Man, this is a tough one. I'm going to say 38. Mm, 38. Yeah. I still think it's a little below two just because that was more of a summer film, and this is a tougher time at the box office. So, Yeah. that's. You, say that you think it's going to be first place? Uh, first place, I think it would be at 38, yeah. I think the Hunger Games will die down by that time. Well, it bled a lot more than I thought it would <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, All right. yeah so I think I'd, it, that'll be lucky it hit 30, it looks like. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna undercut Laramie a little bit because I was gonna say 38, but I'll say 37 first place. Okay, <laughs> 37. <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> um, I thought you. Got, I think you guys are kind of high. I'm not, but I'm not sure. It's a what did Wedding make? American Wedding opened at 33, and made 104. Hmm. Domestically, of course. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that one then. I'm gonna think I don't think it's gonna be performed like a wedding. It seems it seems fitting to me. That was 2003, though. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, but it's like R-rated comedy like this with these people. Now, from, hmm. I guess we'll see. I'm, cur- I'm curious to see how well... Well, people who snuck in to go see these are now old enough to actually just go see them. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to go with 33? I'm going to go with 33, yeah. I'm going to go with that in first place. Because <laughs> Hunger Games is still out. Might be pretty close. They're pretty hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you are you going to see American Reunion, Abe? Do you have any? Kind of I, I really don't it? have any anticipation. I mean, I, I caught some of them when they were on like USA, maybe like in college. But yeah, I haven't really seen them. You know, I'm not really excited about them either. If it was Harold the Kumar Part Four, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go see it. Well, Abe, I mean, the writer, the writers, directors of this movie are the guys that created Harold and Kumar. That being said, I like Harold and Kumar <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> well, it does have John Cho in it as Milf Guy Number Two, I believe. <laughs> I remember that from the casting credit, and I was like, what? John Cho? Anyway, but I won't go see it. Laramie, do you have any anticipation for the next American movie? Yeah, I'm seeing it Tuesday. I guess I'm looking forward to it, nostalgia's sake. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. I like Sean William Scott quite a bit. I do, too. Is that I think... Goon? I... Yeah, actually, I, I want I want to see Dune. Actually, I want I gotta I gotta rent that on demand. <laughs> Watch it. Actually, what I like about Sean William Scott is playing a character like Stifler in those movies. He's still somehow been able to branch himself away from that role. <laughs> yeah, I find I find that impressive. I feel yeah. like he, I feel like he hasn't played Stifler throughout his career. Yeah, 
He was really funny in role models. Yeah, he was models. getting role models. And he's basically he's more of the straight man, like or like Paul Rudd's more of the the comedic point than Sean William Scott is. That he's still like really funny in that movie. I would say, I think he was good in the rundown. I you know what movie I like him in? I like him in um the in Southland Tales oh. actually. It for a, for a movie that I know is like hated by many people. It's like very mixed mixed in hate. I think I think Sean William Scott's actually really good in Southland Tales. I thought you were gonna say the one yeah. with the Chaeyun Fat in a duel. Oh god, no. bullet, bullet <laughs> that was monk. cool. Jesus. He learns his kung fu through like watching movies. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> bulletproof, bulletproof monk. Why would you do that? <laughs> I like Chaeyun Fat. <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah okay so box office though we'll see we'll see how american reunion does american american pie not presents with eugene levy actually an american movie again <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking of the eight different sequels yeah. of american pie that were all directed DVD that, that all had eugene levy in it and like some relative of stifler <laughs> I, th- I think that's how they actually play out moving on I guess that's going to do it. <laughs> Take us to the end. That's going to do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog site, thecodezeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for Blu-ray reviews and other reviews and things from there, including, I guess, all my past WonderCon coverage and things such as that. You can also find, a, find me at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. And Laramie. At uh, film.com, of course, on robosilicon.com, our Brad Laramie on Movies podcast on iTunes, and at Twitter, L-A-R-E-M-Y. Awesome. Um, yeah, you can find all the other episodes about now, of course, on iTunes, at um, hhwlod.com. You can check out our show there, as well as the other shows that are on that network, including the uh, Walking Dead TV podcast and Legion of Dudes, just a fun bunch of fun podcasts about uh, games and comics and stuff. Really cool guys over there. And you can find most of the newest episodes at uh, outnow.podomatic.com and a few exclusives. And, uh, of course, email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. I think we had some fun answering uh, answering our question <laughs> tonight because we just never really get that to happen. So feel free to email more, things like that. And, you know, of course, praise Laramie for man- managing to make do with my terrible use of the movie history <laughs> app game. And, of course, uh, make fun of Abe for whatever reason you feel like. And, of course... Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to like our page. Uh, I guess we have that yeah, new timeline. Yeah, we're on the new timeline thing. Now. It's admittedly makes it a little bit more difficult to keep track of. Yeah, but, yeah, it's still there, and we like posting stuff on the Facebook page. So, you know, go for it. And, of course, um, our new Twitter handle, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. So there. Boom. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so next week we're going to talk about the raid. That should be fun. Laramie, thanks for coming on today. Much obliged. Had a blast. Great, yeah, and uh, yeah, always, always nice adding more guests to the the out now, the out now family <laughs> as we have it. So, yeah, and uh, okay, so until next time, so and long. Goodbye.
You guys aren't big on Beverly Cleary. I see. See what kind of show this is. <laughs> Bastards. 